You're listening to the Open Court Podcast with Sidney Johnson, Bob Usler, and Joe DeSantis. An all-access pass to Fairfield University men's basketball. We welcome you back to Open Court with Sidney Johnson and the Fairfield Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis. And I'm Bob Usler as we uh, set the scene by telling you Today we'll talk about the final home game of the season for the Stags coming up on Friday against Marist, and that means the final home games for the Fairfield captain, Jonathan Casababu, Mattia Millen, and Tommy Nolan. They will all be honored on Friday night as part of Senior Night festivities, and they are all with us here today, so you'll be hearing from them. Another long week of prep time coming up for the Stags. Certainly paid dividends last week as they get ready for Marist, and on Sunday, a game in Jersey City against St. Peter's. Uh, Stags getting tournament ready. Now we'll uh, we'll touch a little bit upon the uh, fast approaching MAC tournament. And uh, coach, uh, before we talk to our three guests, just quickly want to get into the game on Sunday at Alumni Hall against Manhattan. Uh, it was arguably your best performance of the season, and it was a tale of two games against Manhattan. You went down there and were quite frank about how you were disappointed in the effort down there and the uh, the game performance and certainly a total reversal in the win on Sunday against Manhattan. Uh, how do you account for the difference? What were the things that Fairfield did differently this time around against Manhattan? Well, uh, God is good. I, I definitely think he's been watching over me and this team, and I, I know that for sure. I also know basketball is really simple. It's a very simple game. Um, you know, we rebounded well, uh, we limited our turnovers, we made shots. Um, that's what it came down to. Um, I have to say it was uh, a team effort from start to finish in practice all the way through the game. There wasn't a guy who didn't practice well all the way through, and there wasn't a guy who didn't perform well on the bench or on the court uh, against Manhattan. They, these guys were sensational. Um, and I'm, I was just really proud of them because it was just everything that we've been trying to get, um, and it, it all seemed to come together. Uh, and I'd also just give a, a, a special nod to the, the guard play. I thought Neftali and Taj and Itis, um, you know, it was one of the f first times um, where I, I just thought the Fairfield guards controlled everything offensively and defensively and really put these guys in a great position, um, and that, that showed up in practice. And we will definitely get into that a little bit more in depth later on in the podcast. But uh, right now we want to uh, talk to our uh, three guests, three very special uh, guests, because this is their week, their uh, final week as uh, Fairfield Stags getting ready for a home game. They'll play in their final home games on Friday. And, of course, uh, we are talking again about Jonathan Casababu, Mattia Millen, and uh, Tommy Nolan. So first of all, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, Jonathan, you're the captain of this team, so let's start with you. And I'm going to ask all three of you the same question, starting with Jonathan. What has uh, made it enjoyable having both Mattia <laughs> and uh, Tommy Nolan as teammates? <laughs> and because this is a podcast and not a, a video presentation, Joe, why don't you describe how you have warmed Jonathan <laughs> up for his uh, first answer of the I, podcast? I can't tell who this is, but it's a man. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a basketball player that has a fat head. Yeah, it's a fat head. <laughs> Does he have a fat head, Tommy? 
Who, John? Is that Casababu? He's sitting yeah, within John. striking distance yeah. of him. His, so <laughs> maybe, maybe ask him a little later, Joe. I think this is life size. <laughs> <laughs> is that for Johnson, the fathead? I don't know. I stumbled upon it in the media room on uh, Sunday's game, so I thought I'd bring it. This is Joe's way of loosening, up, loosening you up, Jonathan, for that first answer as you talk about uh, Mattia and Tommy and uh, – probably puts you in a humorous frame of mind to talk about some some good memories of those two guys well uh one of the reasons i kind of joined fairfield the big the biggest reason for me was uh to join this culture that was uh, a family environment in fairfield and throughout the past uh three years and a half like uh, that's what I've been experiencing with these two guys. Uh, it's just that sense of family. Uh, whenever we were down or we were up, we were always like together. We've been uh, through so much, <laughs> through so much, inside the basketball court, outside the basketball court. But uh, there is not a doubt in my mind that uh, I consider this two as my brothers. And it's it, this is not just uh, a basketball or a fair field relationship. Uh, I'm, I'm certain, at least uh, what I believe, it's a lifetime relationship that we just built throughout the years. Because uh, I can look at them. Uh, I mean, he, they, may jo- they may joke around a little bit more, but I know the times that I've been in struggle and they've been there for me. And that's what I call family. So they're more than just teammates now. They're friends for life, aren't they? Yes, sir. Mattia? Well, John talked about family on the court and off the court. Um, I think I'm the only one here who had experience to actually live with both of them. I live with John sophomore and junior year, and I live with Tom this year and during the summer. So I'm like, I used to live on my own a lot, uh, and I had a lot of different teammates joining, like rooming and situations like that. But I think that uh, the biggest part of our being friends for life is that time that we spend off the court and like, not like being in the same room, in the same atmosphere, uh, going, getting food together and all that. I think that that really bonded us. And I think uh, sometimes even like shows up on the court, like me and John can just like, like uh, for me, I think we can do stuff that like without talking, just knowing what another person going to do. You mean like that behind the back yeah, pass? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever hear of Bob Cousy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's what I. That's where you got yeah. it from. You could study Bob Cousy. Yeah, Bob Cousy and Mary Johnson. Yes. So in your second life, you're going to be a point guard. Well, I was in this life point guard. <laughs> <laughs> younger, so. I've been playing him out of position for four yeah. years. That's right. <laughs> how are those two? I'm asking Mattia this. Uh, how do Jonathan and Tommy differ as far as personalities go? You've lived with both of them, so you're in a good position to judge uh, that. I mean. I think when I started here at Fairfield, I was much, much closer with John because we are both like European guys and we came from like kind of similar background, living off without family and stuff like that. Uh, so we bond right away. And Tom was like American, so I needed to like get used to culture and all that. But now I just, t- Tom is Tom and like <laughs> we all love him no matter how, what he does, he makes. <laughs> the best jokes ever, but we, me and John get him. So, <laughs> so he, it's always, it's always, we need time for freshmen, coming in freshmen to so get used to Tom. Yeah. They always live with like, what is he doing? What is, he like, <laughs> what is that? But he, he's definitely the, 
the funny guy, funny guy <laughs> on the team. Well, Tom, it sounds like uh, you would be voted. Well, uh, look, I mean this in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, class clown in the yearbook. I mean mm-hmm. it in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. in other words, it's a compliment. You make yeah. these guys laugh. You you keep them loose. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's reverse it. Tell us a little bit about you know that part of your personality. What these two guys mean to you? Um, uh, I just try to be myself a lot and I guess like that humor that I have is just kind of like the stupid humor so like a lot of people don't get it right away but uh for Mattia I think he sells himself short on that he has that as well so I, he thinks he thinks this same exact things are funny and as me and that's why we get along so well uh when I first met Mattia he probably said about eight words in the first three months that I talked to him when he first got here and then one day, like, uh, we went to the movies, and then he just wouldn't stop talking. And from then, he just, like, we've been really good friends ever since. And uh, best friends now. We're roommates, and he's one of my best friends, and I could say that. And for John, same uh, same exact thing. For John, for me, is, like, he really loves, like, what he does. He really loves everybody and really loves the game of basketball and loves playing hard. So, like, it's just very expi- infi- inspiring to, like, watch it firsthand and be a part of it. And I... I'm sure, like, I'm not the only one who sees that or will say that. I'm sure all the coaches will say that. The way, like, John, like, loves and, like, everything he goes into, it's just, like, really remarkable. I've never really been around it from a player before. So uh, I thank John for, like, giving me that experience and being a part of that. As an American who literally grew up in the shadow of Fairfield University at Fairfield Prep and, of course, from nearby Trumbull, uh, how much have uh, you grown as a person getting to know these two guys and their cultural backgrounds? They talk about having to learn the American cultural way and in great part did it because of people like you. Well, how about in reverse? What did you learn from Mattia and Jonathan? How did it help you grow as a person? Uh, definitely, yeah. I mean, this whole team, I've learned a lot about uh, different religions, different like places on the world. Um, and... Uh, Learn that like the the world's a much bigger place than Fairfield County, and I think being a part of this team has helped a lot of people realize that this two summers in a row I've gone to Europe. We got to go Italy as a team, and that was remarkable. See a bunch of places and stuff like that, and it really was eye opening for me, seeing the way other people live and stuff like that. And this past summer I went to Spain, where John's from, and I absolutely loved it. And and they've just just opened my eyes to like new experiences and just being more open to trying new things. John, uh, you took, and so did Mattia, and, and we'll get into Tommy's path as well, you know, an incredible journey to get where we are sitting right now in the academic conference room uh, at Fairfield University. Uh, you're a native of Congo. We just heard about your home in Spain as well. You prepped in uh, the state of Pennsylvania, and here you are at Fairfield. Uh, could you have imagined it unfolding like this? And take us, if you can, uh, in a capsule version of your journey from Congo to where we are right now. Uh, I always say this. Uh, back in the days, if you ask me, uh, I'm going to be here today, I would probably laugh at your face. Because <laughs> uh, first, uh, I didn't, like, I was, I was always passionate about uh, whatever I was doing, you know, but uh, I think the when I started playing basketball, it kind of just uh, uh, opened like more like opened my eyes more into the world of discipline, 
uh, into actually putting that passion into being something productive. And that allowed me to focus more on school, uh, focus more on the people around me, focus more on trying to make my parents proud. And just that work ethics and the fact that once before I even left the Congo for the first time, my dad told me this one thing that I will never forget. And he said, no matter what happened, you just, you're not gonna die. And that spoke to me as, it doesn't matter how hard it is, how hard it gets, uh, how impossible the walls is in front of you. It's just, you're not gonna die because you're just gonna keep pushing through. And my dad himself was an athlete, a uh, pretty good one, and he dropped it because of school. So uh, I kind of found importance into, uh, into that, so I pushed through, and I got a scholarship in Spain, and I lived there for a while. Uh, once I, uh, I realized that uh, continuing in Spain was not the best option for me because school-wise, uh, it was not going great, so we made a decision for me to come to United States. And once I came to United States, I could actually see uh, this love of basketball. It wasn't just about, like in Europe, about the team itself. Uh, it was everybody else. It's just a culture here, you know. And like Matthias said, uh, you have to learn to be part of that culture. You know, and the more you learn about the culture, the more passionate you get. And the more you see your teammates who work hard with you, sweat with you, cry with you, you know, sometimes even bleed on the ground with you. And it's just, you know, it just creates a, like a deep level of bonding and of passion that it, it just makes you want to, you know, just keep going, keep winning and see where this goes. And here we are today. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your parents. You just spoke a very, you could almost sense it in, in your tone of voice, uh, your affection and your admiration for your dad. A little bit about your dad and your mom. Yeah, uh, mom, I didn't really know my mom growing up because they were separated uh, when I was younger. And right now I'm actually uh, uh, having a relationship with her since last summer. We got to meet for the first time. It was absolutely great. Uh, my dad has always been a role model for me. Uh, I've always, I lived with my, my grandmother all the time because my dad had to provide, had to live in another city to provide for us, uh, for me to go to school, uh, to all the expenses and stuff. But uh, he was, the Congo is not a, an easy place to live. It's not an easy place to provide for your kid. It's not an easy place to get a job. But the, the way that man pushes through uh, the way he, he works so hard for his family is just uh, inspiring because, uh, you know, when you're young, you don't really get to appreciate as much, but I had to grow up really fast because I could see, like, the struggle the family was going through and the fact that my dad was pushing through everything, you know, and never, ever in his life showing us, like, the weak spot or showing us that he was having trouble uh, or showing, it never showed that face. The only face he showed us was, uh, you know, like coming home as a dad, having a smile on his face, you know, and every time we we're in trouble, he would discipline us, that's for sure. But uh, he's always showed us the, the right way and always told us to do the right thing. And showing, some, uh, showing me some of his tapes uh, back in the days, and he was playing soccer, I didn't believe in myself until he took me one weekend when he was playing with his friend, man, that man was fast. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, yeah, you know. Well, uh, I, think, I think we all understand a lot better. Just hearing you talk about your dad, 
uh, <laughs> where you get your mentality from, uh, and your approach to this game. I think a lot of uh, anybody listening who has watched you play has a little bit of that uh, understanding now of where it all comes from. Uh, Mattia, again, a uh, long journey to the United States starting in, in Belgrade. Uh, why don't you bring uh, us on your career path? So I was, when I was young, I really liked sport overall. Uh, I started swimming first, then I started with tennis, and then I changed to basketball. I, there was one time when I played all three sports at the same time. But I think basketball was, for me, like the most attractive sport. Anybody could play with like all the passes, dunks, and all that. I wanted to do that more than anything else. So after a while, when I was like 15, 16, uh, I went to school in Italy, high school in Italy, and I played there for two years. Uh, after that, I moved to Austria for like half of the semester. I played there half a year. I came back to play like uh, on a junior level, I guess, like not ju junior college, but like under 18 or 19. I played back in uh, my hometown. And after that, it was on me to decide if I want to go pro in Europe or I just like stay home, I guess. At that time, uh, I started getting calls from colleges and like recruiting coaches and all that. And I went to a showcase in Turkey where Coach Barata saw me. And from that point, I started like thinking about coming to America and I ended up here. Uh, John talked about his family a lot. I think uh, for me, what was kind of important for my path is that since I was like maybe second, third grade, uh, me and my brother would over the summer, like we had the summer break for like three months. It's different school calendar in Serbia. So for three months we would go with our grandma on the like countryside, just spend with her like three months without parents or they would come once in a while so we like I was like used to like I guess doing stuff on my own even mm -hmm. though grandma was there she was like just cooking but like kind of being independent so I think that helped me a lot in like m not being homesick and like m just trying to pursue my career and basketball and like everywhere I go I just know that I'm surrounded with like people who love basketball and therefore I'll be able to like feel as a part of their community or their family and as far as your basketball progression has concern uh, has um, moved along what has been the biggest adjustment for you from those days in Serbia and learning the game and now as you approach the end of your uh, Fairfield basketball career what have you learned the most and what have been the biggest challenges for you I think every place I've been to is uh, has like its own kind of thing and like it's different in a like way. So for me to adjust to a new place, I kind of like I won't say forget everything I know before, but I like I'm more open to learning everything and then adjusting what I learn from the new place to my own way or like bringing some of my stuff to this new place. So. Uh, for example, like I know both Tom and John know that like they don't like Serbian music, but like sometimes mm. I need to play Serbian music just while I shower or like before the game, and I think that kind of stay with me. But 
that's kind of like some small adjustment that I was always key with me. Also, like food, I think I made them both Serbian pancakes or crepes <laughs> that American people call them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think food, music, and like some little bit of Serbian culture where I bring everywhere, kind of like I spread that to other people and I take everything else from different culture. And I'm going to bring Joe in now because, uh, Joe, you have a relationship with Tommy going back before his uh, time here at Fairfield. So maybe you can uh, talk a little bit about how you know, you know Tommy and uh, a few follow-up questions from you as to how he ended up here as a stag. Yeah, well, um, first of all, I, I can't remember when you, f- we, you first started working with me. Was it eighth grade? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I, as most people around here know that I run a basketball academy, and it consists of uh, a lot of individual instruction. I work with many, many kids over the years. And um, I think your father contacted me, and uh, we started working out. He was in eighth grade. And the one thing that I remember about Thomas is that you would come in after football practice, <laughs> all dirty and smelly, and I'm sure Mattia knows all about that. Um, and... Um, you, you never wanted to stop working. I would always say, you want a break? And he would say no. And, and I saw his ability and his uh, work ethic, and I pushed him harder. Um, so tell us, I guess, my first question is, going to tell us about your uh, football career, if you will. How did that start, and where did it end? Um, well, it started in second grade. My dad was, like, big in signing us up, like, as soon as you could start. So second grade, and then... Uh, my older brother, Ryan, he was like a phenomenal football player and I used to go to his games when he was at prep and I would just watch him and I was like, whoa, 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 and he was really, really good. And then I played all throughout Pop Warner and uh, my brother's team actually in Pop Warner was unbelievable and my team was like never really that great. But then I got to prep my freshman year. I played freshman football at prep. I was a quarterback and we went like nine and one. I think like 10 or f- like 12 of those guys are playing division one football now. And then when I got started playing basketball, uh, that same year I was able to start as a freshman in high school, and we ended up being really well. And then I just kind of like fell in love with basketball like right then and there, and didn't really want to do anything else. So I kind of stopped. I stopped and steered away from football, and just tried to like focus more on basketball and try to make it more a part of my life and get a scholarship to college. Yeah. The other question I have is um, a lot of people want to get away from home, not necessarily. Mm-hmm as far as the two guys to your left, but they don't want to stay that close. Um, what were the disadvantages and advantage of you being so close to home? By the way, we're practically neighbors. Yeah, right? We're yeah. Tr- Trumbleites. Trumble. Yep, there you go. Um, I would say uh, disadvantages. Um, you know, you are, you are pretty close to home, so some stuff that you want to maybe avoid, you really can't. And some stuff you want to get away from, you really can't because you're home, but... I would say there's definitely more advantages than disadvantages. Like um, right away, like I was struggling with the cafeteria food, and I would go home like pretty much every every Sunday, and my mom would cook me a meal. That was definitely a plus. And just having like that support at home whenever I need it was huge for me too. So that was definitely probably the most biggest advantage. Yeah, we're down in just a few minutes, guys, and uh, so we'll wrap it up here. I'm gonna ask you to keep because you've guys got to get to class here (laughs) and uh, that has always been a priority here for all of you as we know you're all on target uh, on course to uh, come away with degrees Um, let me do it that way I know your ultimate goal all three of you is to win a MAC championship so I don't have to ask you that question and you're gonna have a chance to do that a little over a week from now 
Um, that being a given, talk about start with Tommy, then go to Matia and wrap it up with Johnson. Talk about why you feel this team has the capability and you're going to be a part of it of uh, not only getting back to the MAC championship game this year, but winning it. That would be your greatest Fairfield memory if you can do that. In addition to that, leading up to this, what has been the most enjoyable aspect of being a Fairfield Stag, Tommy? Um, most enjoyable aspect. Oh, it's tough. Um, but I would definitely just say just being a part of this team. Like I've I've made and met some of my best friends, and I've actually and I think I've became more of a man throughout my four years here, and uh, just being a part of it and knowing that I got brothers for life and stuff like that. And definitely the championship will be the best by far. And your degree is going to be in? Uh, communications with a minor in women's studies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you've got an A in that yeah. one, man. <laughs> Matia, the same question. Uh, the, most, uh, the most satisfying aspect of being a Fairfield Stag. And uh, also let us know what you're on target to uh, get your degree in. Um, I think I always uh, went to like Cleo on the beach. So I think that's one of really enjoyable things except basketball and everything. Uh, but I think that uh, like a lot of people before I came here, they were like telling me different uh, experiences of America and entire process of like, getting a career and all that. And I got a little bit scared from some stories, and I wasn't sure where I'm coming. I never had a visit. It was literally, I decided August 20th, I'm going to go to Fairfield. I came here August 24th. I have no idea where I'm coming. And it was like, I think it was my like longest slide. It was, I was so jet lagged. I had no idea what's happening. So I think that uh, the best experience is that Actually, Fairfield and everything experience in America so far is exactly how I imagine, and it's kind of like reminding me of all the movies. Like my dad was always say, "Oh, that's only on the movies. Like <laughs> those houses don't don't exist like that." And like, actually, it's kind of like, I'm like I wouldn't say American dream, but like my idea of America is, it was like fulfilled with everything experience so far. And uh, you are going to uh, leave Fairfield with I'm a degree gonna in? I'm going to major in environmental studies and minor in infosystems. Great. Congratulations on that. Jonathan, uh, you're the captain of this team. Uh, what, why don't you tell us why the Stags have a good chance of repeating this year and getting back to the MAC championship game and maybe taking that step further and uh, beyond you know, cutting down that net on a Monday night, what has been the best part of your experience here? Um, I'm going to bring it back to the culture itself. Uh, the first practice I had here, I just automatically knew uh, that I wanted to be part of this because of the struggle. Because when we ran, you know, we, we, we did, uh, we were in the weight room, we pushed through, you know, everyone that sweat, them tears, and you can just see the connection we have with each other. And that, that right there, you know, you don't see that uh, uh, outside the gym. It's something that happens in there. You know, a lot of people don't see what's behind uh, practices, what's behind uh, the struggle itself. And then that brings us so much together. And then it's like, it's like, it's a great feeling to be part of something that is not just about yourself. And it's part of a, a, a whole group. And if you see like that whole group lock eyes on you and are dreaming the same thing you're dreaming, it's just making it through. 
it's just it's gonna be something unbelievable and I believe that everyone in that locker room believe that we can make it and because of that because of that point right there and I think we can make it and that's what makes it so exciting well said well said and uh, you've touched upon something that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life and where um, is your career path going to take you what are you leaving Fairfield with as far as the degree is concerned what do you see yourself doing down the line uh, I've always seen myself uh, going back to the Congo and helping to rebuild the economy. And uh, a lot of us, uh, people, my generation left the Congo to study abroad, uh, learn different world, uh, you know, learning about how things are done and bring it back hopefully in the country and create something that is different and allowing people to actually uh, make money on their own, live on their own, and actually get to experience what it means like to be free, what it means like to eat a meal without having to worry about the next meal the next day. And because of that, I decided to, to major in uh, international business, learn the world of trade, and also minor in management, so that I can pretty much, uh, you can have so much control if you only know what's going on around you. So uh, hopefully with my degree, I can make a difference. And John, just a, a few seconds, if you can expound upon that a little bit in terms of the project and the ideas that you've talked about in terms of going back to the Congo, the networking, first the education that he needed to receive, but the networking and ties that he's made at Fairfield to try to go back home and do what for the folks back in the Congo? Yeah, for folks back in the Congo, uh, the one of the biggest issues with the Congo is uh, the fact that everything in the Congo is imported. And the money is going outside the country, but the money is not coming in. So people are starving because everything is so expensive. It's from the outside. And if we can uh, ourselves grow food by itself, grow food and allow people to eat shit with like, uh, they don't have to pay as much, uh, allow people to uh, grow enough uh, product and because we have a lot of prime product, as you know, uh, the Congo is one of the richest place in the, uh, in the world, but yet the, po the poorest one. If we are allowed to uh, uh, manufacture, grow food, uh, turn prime product into, you know, uh, finished product and sell it and allow the money to come inside the country. Not only we create jobs, we eliminate uh, famine and we bring it the private sector into the Congo. And that's what we're trying to focus on. And I want to focus on into uh, creating a distribution system for the country and with that also allowing trades in and out. You know, Joe, as great a basketball player as Jonathan has been, what you're telling us right now, if you can take the Fairfield experience and the Fairfield uh, academic experience and you're able to achieve some of the goals you've outlined for us now, I mean, that would transcend anything you've done <laughs> as an athlete. That is uh, extremely impressive. What a testament to uh, being a Fairfield athlete, isn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, sounds like a man on a mission and um – Anytime you can help people, that, you know, there's a saying in basketball, good players make themselves better. Great players make others better. So if you can do that in life, God bless you. Thank well, you, sir. Well, Jonathan, congratulations on, on all counts, uh, both of what you've done here academically and certainly what you've done here as the captain of the Fairfield Stags. And uh, best of luck 
as you try and achieve that ultimate goal of bringing home a MAC championship. Thank that you. is Jonathan Casababo, as he and uh, fellow seniors Tommy Nolan and Matia Millen were gracious enough to visit with us today. And they really are an impressive group, Coach. Um, what did those three players, uh, Jonathan, Matia, and Tommy, mean to you collectively as, as a senior class, having a, the privilege of coaching them for the last four years? Yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's emotional looking at them and, and thinking, you know, the last home game's a, a few days away. Uh, Thomas, I, I've always I've always admired him, and I've always had guys on my team that, um, well, obviously you need you need your 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 all-time scorers, you need your rebounders, you need your passers, you need your phenomenal team guys, glue guys, great practice guys. And Thomas embraced that, coached him hard his first year. All right, everybody who gets here as a freshman, you got to mature, you got to grow up. Coached him really hard and, and, and really was on him like, that's what I need from you. I need you to help us be great and practice every single day. Um, he embraced that, and then he has a charm a charisma about him that just is is clearly uh it's just so obvious to everyone who comes around and I think that I I really want to tap into that because I think you need that as well you know you're going to go through ups and downs it's a long you want to enjoy the people that you're around and I wanted him to embrace that part but then make sure when we go in the gym we're ready to work and he's been really really good with that um he's formed great relationships as he mentioned he was really close to Tyler Nelson, and one of the moment, the biggest, I don't want to go too long on this, but one of the biggest times, moments of our season was we were having, we were in a lull. I think we had lost four or five in a row um, before we got, got it going. And Thomas turned to Tyler and talked to him in front of the team about how important Tyler was to him and how much he looked up to him and, was, and told everybody, we believe in you. We're, we're going to follow you, okay? You got to lead us the right way. And you could hear a pin drop, you know, because we, we just knew how important Tyler was for us to, to kind of get it going. And Tyler took the reins of the team in the way that he needed to and took us all the way up. We were just short, as we know, last year. But I thought it was one of the moments of the year where uh, someone, they were, so, they were so close, but to explain, you know, be able to express that love and affection um, and belief towards uh, a teammate in well, front of the group was That's a great point because, you know, Tommy Nolan will be honored on Friday night and uh, fans will look at a player who has not scored a point yet this season, yet you can make the argument based on what you just said that if it wasn't Tommy Nolan on this team that maybe Fairfield doesn't do what it did last year. It, it, you could actually – take it in that direction couldn't you well that that's the definition of a team like we, you know what I mean like there's no one guy who's bigger than the other and I thought that we were sensational with that last year and I thought this year we spent a lot of time recreating that and and trying to kind of understand what that means and to have a John and a Mattia and a, a Thomas Nolan who know what that means and be able to pass that along um, it's absolutely critical to us uh, making any headway all right, let's uh, bring it down to um, the last two games of the regular season as you're getting ready for the MAC tournament season. Uh, I said on the air on Sunday that this is seemingly, you tell us, it's been a little bit of a challenge for you to come up with the right rotations and mm -hmm. combinations, but things really look like they clicked 
on, on Sunday against Manhattan. Uh, you had Jonathan Matia out there for long stretches of time. Well, Jonathan had some foul trouble, but th they talked about how they clicked together. And you've already alluded to how your guards gave you the kind of guards play in combination that you've been looking for all year long. And, and Taj was sensational out there at the same time with Neftali, and Idis did his job off of the bench. Are you getting the sense now that, okay, it's late in the season, but it's never too late to gel, if that's the right word to use. Are you getting that sense right now? Yeah, I mean, Bob, let me let me be very honest with you. Um, I've been in a position, um, and it, it's okay. It's part of my job. I'm a head coach, and this is my program. Uh, I'm blessed to be where I am. I truly believe that. I've been in the position this year to explain um, losses and why, why, why? A little bit more than I've wanted to. And I'm not, I, I'm, I don't have an edge to me. I'm just, it's just a fact. Um, and what I can tell you is, you know, when you talk about, you know, our lulls or, you know, we're different in the first half than the second half and, 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 and possessions and the value of, um, you know, half court execution. Like at the end of the day, we graduated two senior guards who were really, really good, and they understood all those things that I've spent a little bit too much time trying to explain to people that we don't really have on the court right now. And that game against Manhattan, it was clear that Taj Benning and Neftali Alvarez and Idas Kalvalauskas as, as a backup to those two were the best guards on the court offensively and defensively finish a point like that's it that's all there is to say and so we were able to do what we wanted to do defensively we were able to do what we wanted to do offensively we were able to respond to a couple bad uh, possessions in a row we were able to execute coming out of time we were able to do everything that we wanted to do because we had the two best guards on the court for 40 minutes that's what good guard play does in college. That's what has been tough for us to build this year, but it's going to come. And I thought it was just a phenomenal display of what we've been trying to work at. And I understand, you know, it's late in the season, but these guys are, you know, you know, got a freshman and a sophomore. That There's nothing more to it than that. I mean, that's just what it is. Well, I, I've been where you're at in terms of coaching and being the head man. Um, the thing that was impressive was who you did it against. Not too long ago, Manhattan dominated your guys, and you've been preaching patience, and those guys stepped up. When I did the post-game interview with you, we talked about Lara, L Talia Farrell's 26 points, Matia Millen, but the guards, I thought, handled the pressure. Even when I was working with your daughter yesterday <laughs> and I was teaching the controlled dribble and how to make the pressure pass, right. the guy that makes the shot's going to get all the accolades, but it's the point guard who, who did all the work. So, but and I'm, and I'm, I'm, we're hearing that from one of the great guards who's <laughs> well, ever I never played. passed. That was a problem. <laughs> well, that's not true either. But, um, but you, you're, I know we got to go, so we don't need to, I don't need to hear your uh, comment on it, but your, your defense was great. Yeah, you know yeah. they were Manhattan as bad as they are as a scoring team. I think they were two for fifteen at one time, and they hit they hit five straight when the game was fairly over. But the way you took them out of their st uh, stuff was uh, was really good. All right, final thing, coach, lay out the uh, winning game plan uh, here for Marist on Friday. We don't want we don't want to go 
further than that because that's not how you do it. Right. But uh, if you can lay out a winning game plan for Maris, presumably that's going to carry over into St. Peter's and beyond into the MAC tournament. So how would you describe that? I'm, I'm no smarter than the Hall of Fame guard we have sitting <laughs> across from me, our, our defense. You yep. know, we, we really do have to defend Maris. Um, they're playing very well offensively. They defend well themselves, but we want to start with our defensive focus um, and have everything else fall in after that. It certainly helps to play uh, at home. Alumni Hall has, has been sensational, yep. uh, the environment, and uh, you know we hope it's electric and people come out to support these, these three seniors in the whole gang. But um, if, if we're not where we need to be defensively, uh, then, then we're not going to be happy, and that's going to start with, with our two guards and, and everybody else. Well, most of our listeners know that the new coach at uh, Marist is uh, John Dunn, who at St. Peter's was known for his defensive mentality. They can score. Yeah. They can score. Yeah. And you went to Poughkeepsie, and you held them to 52 points. You, know, you didn't play great offensively, so it was a low-scoring game. They averaged 72 at home. So I'm just echoing you're going to need to defend and – Hopefully you guys will be up to the task. Yeah, that's that's what we want badly. We're using this whole week to just be locked in defensively and have the same same energy and, and see where it gets us. Well, Coach, uh, thanks as always uh, for the time. I uh, know you sat here proudly watching and then, of course, listening to your uh, three outgoing seniors uh, talk here with us on uh, the next to last edition of Open Court, and uh, that means uh, we'll set you up because uh, we're going to be heading down the home stretch here. Just one addition left, uh, Open Court with Sidney Johnson and Joe DeSantis, and I'm Bob Huesler. Next week, we'll review the Stags' regular season and talk about the MAC tournament because we're going to know the seedings at this time next week. We'll know Fairfield's uh, first-round opponent in the MAC tournament, so certainly we'll get into a lot of that and then we'll describe and talk about the path the Stags will need to take to get back to the MAC championship game. So, again, our thanks to our three guests today, the outgoing seniors. Hope you're at Alumni Hall to give them the send-off they deserve. Jonathan Casababu and Mattia Millen and Tommy Nolan all playing their final home games Friday night at Alumni Hall when the Stags take on Maris. So, for Coach Johnson and the Hall of Famer Joe DeSantis, I'm Bob Huesler. This has been Open Court. We'll see you again for the final time next week. The Open Court Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For future podcasts, videos, news, stats, and coverage of Fairfield Stags men's basketball, log on to fairfieldstags.com.